right? If, if you want to know, he, he commanded them to get into the boat for a reason, right? Because there was, this was becoming a test of the disciples. But they didn't know it. They were just trusting that Jesus knew what he was talking about and was, was like, all right, we're going to obey him and just do what he said. So, we look into the next verse of um, 24. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat, sorry, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. See, as what the disciples didn't know was that in on the way on this voyage that they were going to, that they'd be sending, uh, sorry, that they were sent to go on by Jesus, there was a storm that was coming in. And now only Jesus knew this because he was on that top of the mountain during prayer, but he had the advantage point over everyone else. See, the disciples were on the boat on sea level, meanwhile Jesus was on the mountain. And Jesus saw what was coming. And he said, all right, bet. I have faith in Right? So, see, certain storms that we get placed in are unavoidable. We had to go through storms, and I don't know what, what storm that you guys are facing right now, but a storm that I'm facing right now is patience. And being patient and focusing on God's timing and God's plan rather than my own plan. But certain storms are unavoidable. But yet, we have to remember that Jesus always has the advantage point. Jesus knows what's going to be coming down the line. We, we are just told to trust Him and trust in what He has for us. Even though we might not know the outcome, we, we don't know the outcome, but when we have Jesus with us, we're at peace. And he knows, and he has, the plan that he has is going to come into fruition, fruition, I bet, later on. Right. Next slide. Going on, 25 to 27, says, And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, he being Jesus. He came to them, walking on the sea. Here we have the first miracle. In, in this story, there's going to be three miracles in one story in ten verses, which is absolutely insane. But um, the first miracle is that he came to them walking on the sea. But when the, the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, this is the second time the word immediately is used in this story. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. When they first saw Jesus, they thought it was a ghost and they went into complete shock and were afraid and were fearing for their lives because they didn't know what was going on. They see a person walking on water which has probably never even been, been seen or saw years before that. It's probably the first time ever. So I would probably be freaking out as well. But in verse 27, it says, Jesus said, Take heart, it is I. 
do not be afraid. That phrase, do not be afraid, is repeated over 365 times in the Bible. Wow. 365 times. The most used phrase that is even recorded in the Bible. Right? But just because Jesus, uh, sorry, just because the disciples didn't see Jesus, didn't, doesn't mean that Jesus didn't see the disciples. Just because you didn't see Jesus in your storm doesn't mean that Jesus didn't see you in that storm that you were, that you were going through or that you are going through right now or the storms that will, uh, will and are going to come in our future. If God's goal is to change us, right, through these trials and tribulations and these storms, then it makes sense why he wouldn't show up when we want him to. When we pray in the morning, at night, in between meals, whatever it may be, when we pray for something to happen, it's not going to happen on our timing. It's going to happen on his timing, and when he feels that it's right to give us the blessing or to provide us with the answer that we are looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, next slide. 28 and 29. Now we're getting into the juice, the juice of his story. So, 28. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And his response is what? Come. See, here is the second command of the story as well. The first command was Jesus telling his disciples to go ahead, making them, forcing them to go with, without Jesus because he had better plans. He says, he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Guys, we need to have faith like Peter. There was 12 disciples in that boat, and yet they were, the 11 of them were so scared and afraid and did not know what was going on and did not see what Jesus was doing and couldn't trust him, even though they all saw who, who, who was standing in front of them walking on the water. But one person, that person was Peter. We need to have faith like Peter. When no one else wants to get out of the ah. boat, we need to get out of the boat and take that leap of faith. Because yeah. that leap of faith could change, can make or break you and can change your life for the better. When Peter took that first step onto the water, his eyes were locked and transfixed on Jesus. And that's the only way that he was able to stay afloat and to be able to walk on the water alongside and in front of Jesus. You can go to the next slide. Oh, wait. Oh. Nothing. <laughs> uh, there we go. Start here. Oh, I, I. Yeah. 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 Go to the, the, the next slide. See if it is. Then there's stuff. I messed up. Right there. You can go back. Um. All right. So I did. I'm supposed to read the entire section. All right. Yeah. All right. Um. So that, that was twenty twenty nine. Yeah. So. 
at verse 30, but when he saw the wind, this is Peter now, when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus, immediately, this is the third time in this story, in 10 verses, where the word immediately is spoken. But immediately, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, You, oh you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. This, um, so the second miracle in the story is Peter going out of the boat and walking on the water. The third is Jesus calming the storm. And when they got out of the boat, it says, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, him being Jesus again, worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. See, Peter was fine. Peter was fine from the moment that he took his first step out of that boat and joined Jesus on the water and started walking a few steps on the water. And why? Why? Why was he fine? Because he was focused and he was transfixed on Jesus. And he didn't care about anything else that was going on until he felt that wind. Until he took his eyes off of Jesus for one second. He might have turned left and turned right. Maybe he just turned left. I don't know. But he he got this, he got distracted. And this is where the, the second part of this message comes in. The first part is having being able to have the faith like Peter and trusting God in his plans. The second part of it is distraction. See, Peter got distracted by the winds and the storm. Once he got distracted, he began to sing. With Jesus, with trusting Jesus and having our eyes transfixed on Jesus, we can stay afloat. We can keep on striving and keep on pushing and keep pursuing chasing and keep chasing at those dreams and goals that we have for ourselves. But the moment that we let distractions take over our mind and take our thoughts captive instead of us taking our, our, our thoughts captive for ourselves, all, all things start to crumble, as we see in the story. So, again, three miracles. First miracle is Jesus walking on water. Second miracle, Peter walking on water. The third miracle is Jesus calming the storm after pouring up Peter and putting him back on the boat. See, guys, even when we, we do take our focus off of, of God, off of Jesus, and we, we let ourselves be complacent and put our focus more onto um, our distractions. See, for me, me, I'm not going to go to the next slide. Um, me, my d distractions in my life, the top three are my phone, my non-Christian friends, and society. My phone being the biggest one. Yes, the, our phone has pros and cons, maybe more pros than has cons, but yeah, it truly does have a lot of cons. And it's great for reading the Bible on the Bible app. It's great for sharing the gospel. It's great for being a light to the darkness that we constantly see time and time again on social media. 
but it's more of a con than it's a pro for me because I spend too much time on my phone when I, I can be spending that time in prayer. I spend too much time on my phone when I can be um, sending a text or calling a friend or family member from back home that might be having a hard time and could use some means of encouragement, could just want to be prayed for, you know? Um, so, my friends being the second one, you know, I, I live in a house with me that I'm the only Christian follower of God that is deeply rooted in their faith. I'm living with four paternity guys that are in a different paternity than the one that I was in. But it, it's, it, it's not easy. It's uh, a constant battle with my flesh. It, it's a constant battle with my, my own thoughts. But I definitely have um, increased in my self-control a lot. And that's through. And I trust you, I tried getting out of, of this apartment. I, I tried to move in with my best friends that are in Christ now, but things just didn't work out. And I, I feel like God was doing that for a purpose. God was placing me in this current storm that I am in right now and living with my my friends from back home and whatnot. But I, I'm, I'm being placed in that house for a reason. And that reason is to help bring my roommates to Christ and to know Christ and to help them be behind their simple lifestyle and come to living a life Society, I don't think I have to explain that. Um, society, we can't really even take what society gives us at the time because we don't know if it's true or, or if it's false. And um, when we start to worry about what society may think about us, that just brings us down a path that we don't want to, want to even start try to go down. Next slide. Once again, the three miracles, Jesus walking on water, Peter walking on water, as we here, and then Jesus calming the storm once. Oh, that's good. Next slide. So, four lessons that I took and learned from reading the story over and over again. The first one is that we can have peace in Jesus. Jesus is our way maker, promise keeper, and our light in the darkness. Second one, stepping out of the boat. Taking that leap of faith, when Jesus calls us to go, and commands us to go, or commands us to come, you better obey him. You better hear him and put on your ears and say, oh, all right. I'm not going to go on my path I'm, and do what I want to do. I'm, I'm going to, to do what you are calling me to do because I know that by doing that, there's a greater outcome. By doing that, I, yes, there's going to be some sacrifices that I'm going to have to make along the way, but in the end, it will be such a blessing and more than we can even expect by ourselves. The third one, is without Jesus, we sing. With Jesus, we succeed. Without him, we, we, we fail and fail a lot. We need to keep our eyes on him. With God, all things are possible. And the last one is worship 
should be our response. No matter if we can't just be worshiping God when things are going good for us. We need to be worshiping God in the good, but even in the trials, the tribulations, and, and any and every storm that is going to come, that has come, and that will come. Worship should be our response every time, every day. Worship, you might be thinking to yourself, I think of worship, I think of music, and Christian worship music, but worship is not just music, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that we have to um, focus on, it's a lifestyle that we have to do and pick up every day, as we pick up our cross every day, we need to live a life of worship. Hi, I'm not starting to white yet. Um, so, John 15, verse 5 and 7 says, We ask God to change the situation we are in. What we don't realize is that God has to put us in those situations in order to change us. See, Jesus told us that this life as, as a Christian isn't going to be all sunshine and rainbows. It's going to be faced with, with unfortunately, some death. It's going to be faced with um, some hardship. It's going to be faced with just ups and downs. I say this a lot. It's living a life as a Christian is an ongoing roller coaster. Going out completely fine, and then life gets better, and we start seeing some blessings, and then, oh, it just starts to match story, after trauma, after event, after bad grades, after you fill in the blank, and then it's just going up and down. But in all of it, God can use you, and you, and you. When we, when we have that faith like Peter, and we step out of the boat, Guys, that when we take that step out of the boat and we step into the story that God has for us, that's us trusting in His plan and putting our own flesh and our plan aside and saying, I'm done with this. I tried it. It doesn't help. It doesn't satisfy me. It's not working out for me. I'm, I'm, I'm now going to go over here and try this plan and see what it has in store. And my gosh, it has a lot more than you can imagine in a good way, in a great way. Jesus told an incredible story through Peter, and he wants to do the exact same with you. He wants to tell an incredible story through you and with you, because through it all, he will be beside you. When we find ourselves in the midst of battle, we have to call on the name of Jesus. Our role as Christians is simple, is to trust him, and watch him fight our battles for us. God bless you all and thank you.